rather as a chance to become more competitive, also on a global level. Mm. Uh, so, and for the government, uh, climate policy has, has sort of become policy for economic development, which is, which is uh, interesting to see how, the, how these uh, you know, two policy areas have, uh, have come together. Well, very ambitious goals, that's for sure. 2025 to be carbon neutral, but uh, good luck. 45. With, for 2045, yeah. sorry, uh, <laughs> to be carbon neutral. But that's, yeah. uh, you know, that is an ambitious goal, but very yeah. good luck with that. And thank you very much, Mr. Augustusson, for coming in onto the program this morning. Ah, oh, great. My pleasure. Thanks that's a lot. Per Augustusson, who's the Swedish Consul General to Hong Kong and Macau. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Final look at the markets for uh, this morning over in Australia. Uh, the SX200 is up about one and a third percent. Similar story for the Nikkei 225 uh, in Japan. Over in South Korea, the Cosby also up uh, quite sharply, up about one and a quarter percent. Uh, doesn't look like the Hang Seng, though, is going to follow suit. Looks like it's going to open more or less flat in an hour's time. And in the commodities markets, gold is at $1,922 an ounce. Brent crude oil is at $54.18 a barrel. And the dollar pretty well unchanged at uh, 103 against, uh, against the Japanese yen. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Back chats coming up on Radio 3 next with Hugh Chiverton and Jim Gould. The weather forecast, rather cool this morning. Dry with bright periods during the day. Maximum temperature of about 18 degrees. Then it is going to become cold appreciably later with temperatures falling to a minimum of about uh, 11 degrees at night. And those temperatures are going to fall further to around 8 degrees in urban areas tomorrow and on Saturday morning. Uh, it's 15 degrees right now, 66% relative humidity. Coming up to 8.32. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. The Civil Rights Observer says the government has weaponized the national security law to persecute opposition figures. Founder Icarus Wong expressed sadness at yesterday's arrest of 53 people for subversion. Police said the suspects were involved in a primary vote for LegCo elections, where the goal was to veto budgets and paralyze the government. Mr Wong said even though the 600,000-plus people who voted in the poll weren't investigated, he expressed concern that such voters could be criminalized in future, saying this significantly undermined the freedom of people who no longer had the space to express views peacefully. He also expressed concern about the continued detention of those arrested. We are very concerned that whether the over 50 of the FHS being arrested yesterday, where they can get the bail from the police. If not, they will be detained for a certain period of time. And also is another indicator to so that uh, the human rights and the freedom of Hong Kong is indicating. One of the suspects, former lawmaker Al Nokin, was bailed because he's undergoing quarantine. Washington police say a woman who was shot during the storming of the Capitol building has died. The building has been secured after it was stormed by President Trump supporters trying to disrupt the certification of Joe Biden's November election victory. Riot police forced the group away from Congress ahead of a curfew that came into force from 7am Hong Kong time, but dozens of Trump supporters remain on the streets of Washington. The mayor of Washington, Muriel Bowser, urged residents to stay indoors. I continue to urge all Washingtonians to stay home and stay calm. The behavior that we are witnessing is shameful, unpatriotic, and above all, it is unlawful. Anyone who has engaged in these activities, continues to engage in these activities, will be held accountable. There will be law and order, and this behavior will not be tolerated. 
Hours after the violence first began, Mr Trump made a brief videotaped statement calling on his supporters to go home. The video has been taken down from Facebook and YouTube because he repeated unsubstantiated claims of electoral fraud. The Speaker of the US House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, says Congress will resume the certification shortly. North Korean state media says leader Kim Jong-un has vowed to strengthen the nation's military capabilities at a key ruling party meeting. In his work report to the Workers' Party Congress, Mr Kim pledged to place the state defence capabilities on a much higher level. An electric car maker Tesla is now worth more than General Motors, Ford, Toyota, Honda, Fiat, Chrysler and Volkswagen combined. It closed up 2.8% this morning with a market value topping 700 billion US dollars for the first time. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chuas and your co-host today is Jim Gould. Jim, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about the mass arrests. 53 people have been detained in Hong Kong under the national security law in an operation involving more than 1,000 police officers with 72 premises searched. These are in connection with primary polls, the pro-democracy camp held last year to select candidates for LegCo elections that never materialised. The Secretary for Security, John Lee, says that the mass arrests targeted active elements who plotted to overthrow the government. Well, what do you make of the arrests? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us. Uh, and our telephone number is 233-88266, and we'll put you on air. After 9.15, we're going to be talking about American politics as Washington goes under the curfew, and Democrats take control of the Senate, and we've heard that the the certification process is set to resume at uh, 8 o'clock local time. Your thoughts on that? Very welcome. Once again, our email address, backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, we're going to be talking in a moment to uh, Professor Carol Peterson, Professor of Law at the William S. Richardson School of Law and Graduate School at the Matsunaga Institute for Peace, University of Hawaii at Manoa. Uh, John Burns, Emeritus Professor and Honorary Professor in the Department of Politics and Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong. And uh, Later, we're going to be joined by uh, Michael Davis. Uh, as ever, backchat at rthk.hk. We want to hear from you. OK, some, just a couple of emails to, to kick us off. Uh, Matthew said, After yesterday, it's clear that living in Hong Kong is more or less exactly the same as living in the mainland. It's hard to see where we go from here. The international response is pathetic, with countries like Australia putting out statements saying they are concerned. It's highly unlikely that the international community being concerned will cause the CCP too much concern. This will no doubt be further muted by events in Washington, D.C. overnight with the backchat new listener cadre and United Front propaganda machine seizing these to question the U.S. and other countries' right to criticise the CCP's handling of Hong Kong. Unfortunately, some people who like democracy but hate Trump will also fall into this logic trap. However, situations are incomparable. The U.S. Democrat system, while imperfect, is strong and robust, especially in its checks and balances on power. In our system, Xi can declare himself ruler for life and the CCP can do what they did yesterday here with little resistance. In the US system, Trump or his supporters can try whatever they like, but the robust system will not allow him unchecked power. The protesters will be cleared from the US Capitol and face a judici decent judicial system if charged. The election result will be respected and the power will change. 
to Biden. And uh, Alan says, uh, back chat, quote, active elements who had an evil plan, unquote. So we're now we are completely in the Beijing mode of just vilifying political opponents and characterizing them as terrorists and traitors. What Beijing is achieving with all this is to hollow out the opposition. All the moderates are either arrested or otherwise silenced. The voices that are left will be bitter and know that compromise is not possible. It's only a matter of time before Beijing has created the violent nihilistic counter-revolution they've imagined. I'm sure we'll be getting a ton of whataboutism concerning events in Washington today. I suspect the timing of the 50 arrests in Hong Kong was made with that in mind. Americans have made a very bad choice when they elected Trump in 2016. But while democracy does not guarantee a correct choice every time, it allows bad choices to be corrected. And that is what is happening now. Under one system, when you get a despot like Mao or Stalin or Kim, millions can die, but you cannot remove them. That is from Alan. Okay, uh, well, perhaps uh, first uh, question this morning to uh, John Burns. Good morning to you. Good morning. So dramatic developments uh, yesterday. Uh, how do you see it? Um, I think there are short-term and long-term objectives here. So in the short term, I think the Chinese Communist Party is preparing the ground for mass disqualification from politics of opposition figures. They, we had 53 yesterday, and, uh, and there have been more in the past. So this is uh, a prelude to disqualifying uh, huge numbers if we ever have elections again. But then in the long term, I think two things are going on. One is that the Communist Party is trying to change the political culture of Hong Kong, and it is also, um, you know, uh, uh, pointing out that if you have a demonstrated capacity to organize civil society, as the uh, primary poll demonstrated, and this is in the political domain, I'm sorry, but we, the Communist Party, monopolize this. And so this is kind of creeping Leninism, I would say, um, moving into Hong Kong. I see it as an assault on civil society, um, narrowing the limits of uh, permissible behavior. Now, we've seen very, very strong endorsement of this from the DAB. I urge the DAB to think carefully about this. That is to say, be careful what they wish for. And the reason I say this is precisely because this party and this uh, movement was built on autonomous civil society and the ability to organize. And the Communist Party is saying you, have, you cannot do it um, in Hong Kong the way that you've been doing it in the past. Otherwise, you run the risk of, um, you know, interfering, disrupting, or undermining the government which is not allowed. And also, be careful to the DAB, be careful what you wish for, because the Communist Party is saying if you dissent, you know, against government policy, and that's what people were accused of doing, they would have, they said, they, if they had ever got 35-plus people, they would have uh, voted down the budget and so forth, all of which is uh, they're allowed to do. I mean, if you dissent, then you run the risk of being arrested for national uh, uh, security violations. 
<laughs> and so this, this, and we know that in 2019, the, the among the uh, pro-government supporters, there were many people who dissented against the anti. Against the extradition bill, had it come to a vote and they voted against it, or if they spoke out against it, under the new rules, they could too could face arrest. And what about the uh, allegation that the primary was part of a process which was uh, which involved an evil plot to uh, bring about the downfall of the chief executive and uh, and throw the whole territory into chaos? heard fantasy kinds of statements about people uh, who hoped to gain a majority in the LegCo. But LegCo rules are stacked against opposition candidates ever having a majority. And I mean we have the functional constituencies, for example, the majority of which they do not control. And we have a very effective DAB built on autonomous civil societies. Um, so, I doubt, you know, I mean, you certainly can vote against the budget. There's no, And if you do that repeatedly, then the CE must go. This is what the basic law says. So this is following the basic law. Whether or not this would have resulted in overthrowing the government, I think many of us who were here then and watching this um, were highly skeptical. Well, we we heard Ronnie Tong earlier, and he was saying that you can't you can't set out against to to uh, vote down the uh, the budget no matter what. You can't set that out as a policy that you're always going to turn down the budget. You're allowed to scrutinise the budget, and if you find fault, vote against it. Um, but just to have a plan to set to uh, to block the budget that is subversion well i'm i'm not a lawyer but i respectfully disagree mm -hmm. i mean if you if you know political movements political parties have platforms and um if the you know, I mean, I could imagine a movement that said we, under no conditions, will we vote for uh, extradition arrangements to the mainland. And certainly pro-establishment people would have, could have joined that. And this is what I'm saying. Dissent itself is um, what is at issue here. And the Communist Party is telling us that Dissenting against the government, uh, dissent against government policy is now forbidden. You'll recall during 1997 when we had the, uh, when the provisional CY Lung went to LegCo and said that you people, you people here in LegCo, you don't understand what your duty is. Your duty is to listen politely to government policy, ask a few questions, and vote for the policy. That's it. Of course, many people dissented from that. So if you're saying that dissent inside LegCo is now, dissent from government policy is uh, now no longer allowed, this is precisely the kind of change of political culture that I'm talking about. Okay, uh, Carol Peterson, good morning to you. Good morning. Hello. Hi. You're very familiar with uh, Hong Kong and developments here. You, you used to be based here. Um, you are now at the uh, uh, Peace University of Hawaii. Uh, what's the view from over there? Well, I'm at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Manoa, um, yeah. The Peace Institute in the law school. 
Um, well, uh, John Burns may not be a lawyer, but I think he's spot on. He's uh, very accurately, I think, interpreted what's going on. It is a classic example of political persecution. Uh, arresting politicians for peaceful and very normal election activities is exactly what authoritarian governments do to stifle dissent. I don't think there is any way to interpret Article 22, which defines subversion in the national security law, as prohibiting this kind of peaceful event and activity if you're going to interpret the NSL so as to comply with the ICCPR. And remember, Article 4 says that the ICCPR is supposed to continue to apply, and Hong Kong people are supposed to continue to enjoy all of the rights that they enjoyed under the basic law. So it's not as though the national security law has created some huge exception here. And the question is, what happens when these people are prosecuted? Um, I listened to what the Secretary for Security said about the evil plot. I think it's nonsense. I, I really don't think that any self-respecting lawyer would make that argument. So I, the email that came in said that now living in Hong Kong is just like living in the mainland. That's not really true. It's getting closer, but it's not true because in Hong Kong you can still hire your own lawyer and you still have access to an independent judiciary, which I do believe will do its best to interpret the national security law to comply with the ICCPR. Hmm. So we're not living in the mainland, but we are putting our judiciary and our legal system in a really difficult position, where on one hand they're told they should be upholding the ICCPR and the basic law and should be interpreting the national security law to comply with it, and yet we have the police and the Hong Kong government self-blatantly violating the ICCPR. Uh, so it's a, a very, very tense situation. I agree with John that I think the DAB and the other pro-government political parties are have really made a big mistake, but perhaps it's too late for them to back away. It seems as though they may have sold their soul to Beijing and have gotten into the habit of endorsing almost anything that Beijing does. And I don't think, really, that the local government is running things anymore. I think this was a decision by Beijing. These mass arrests are meant to intimidate any sort of local political activity in Hong Kong and to frighten people from organizing anything that might express dissent to the appointed government. It's a very, very sad situation, and I think it's going to put people who supported the national security law people like Ronnie Tong in a very difficult position as well. Um, we were all assured that this law was necessary to stop violence in the street. And from the beginning, I and many other commentators said that's absurd. Hong Kong has plenty of laws prohibiting violence. And you don't need a new law to prosecute people for acts of violence. The purpose of this law was to try to stop peaceful political activity and peaceful expressions of dissent. And sadly, that's what we're seeing. And I think the people who supported the enactment of the national security law or didn't speak out against it at the time really have to reconsider their position now because it is changing 
the very nature of Hong Kong, and it's completely violating the one country, two systems principle. Yeah, maybe that's right. Maybe that's going to happen. Maybe the nature of Hong Kong uh, will change. The Hong Kong that we've got used to over the past 23 years uh, is going to fundamentally uh, alter. That's the reality, isn't it? Um, that we've got to get used to a different Hong Kong and, and it, it, a new it, Hong Kong. It appears to be, yes, it appears to be so. I had hoped that when the national security law was enacted that perhaps Beijing was simply hoping to establish a few bright lines, such as you're not allowed to establish a party with the purpose of asserting self-determination or the purpose of um, you know, promoting independence. I was hoping that perhaps they were just trying to establish a few bright lines and then would indeed not interpret or enforce this law in such a broad fashion. But what we're seeing is much worse than I think any of us expected certainly much worse than I thought would happen. Um, I would think that Beijing would care about its international reputation, being condemned widely by the EU. Um, the Human Rights Committee will be reviewing Hong Kong very soon under its, the ICCPR, but it doesn't seem to matter. Um, and perhaps it's true that Beijing is simply taking advantage of the very chaotic situation in the world today. And it does make it very difficult for the international community to respond, but it's a clear breach of Beijing's obligations under the joint declaration, and mm. it's a clear breach of Hong Kong's obligations under the ICCPR. John, John Burns, I mean, yeah, isn't this going to be a new Hong Kong, uh, the, the sort of uh, liberal democracy-ish place that we had previously in Hong Kong, uh, that's going to change. We're going to be essentially another city in the Greater Bay Area. Um, that's the future for, for uh, Hong Kong. And um, in essence, that's because a liberal democracy and a, uh, a totalitarian government uh, can't coexist. I guess I have to agree with you. I mean, but let's not forget that you know, 55 to 60 percent of the people of Hong Kong regularly support the opposition. And they vote. I mean, they voted in huge Big deal. Numbers. What are they going to do? What are you going to do about it? Okay. So they are disenfranchised. They're angry. They're alienated. Some will So what? Arrest them. Okay. No, no. Yes, exactly. Exactly. This is the, the strategy is precisely that, to arrest them, imprison them, expel them, all this kind yep, of thing. Yep, all those so, things, yeah. So, so this, yes, 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 this is, this is, um, this Until is they stop doing the, it. What? Uh, yeah, arrest them and put them in jail until they stop doing it. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that, you know, we were told by the authorities, well, the 600,000 people that voted in this primary, well, okay, they're innocent pawns. They didn't know what they were doing. I'm sorry, they did know what they were doing. So, so this is all part of um, changing the political culture in Hong Kong. And the the exco and the CE and the pro-establishment people and let's go are all complicit in this. So when we, this is precisely what's going on. So angry, alienated people is not harmony. Lamb. I mean, she's talking about, whoa, isn't it great? Harmony has been restored. Actually, it has not been restored. 
So the potential for street violence is still there. We know this. The police know this. Why, why were they out in massive numbers over the new year, for example? It's precisely because of that. So, um, you know, people will leave. I'm sure that's true. Some people will speak out. And then the rest of, the, the rest of us just carry on angry and alienated. This, I don't see any way out. This uh, allegation of a, an evil plot to uh, overthrow the government, uh, um, it's a, a, a 10-step route to mutual destruction. Uh, I mean, this is based on a scenario set out uh, last year by the former Hong Kong U Law lecturer, Benny Tai. Um, could this not just be seen as, as you know, the authorities are taking steps to create a disaster before it happens? Yes. But then I look at that plan the same way I look at Trump's tweets. That is to say, it, I mean, you have to analyze the plan. How realistic was this plan? And it is so far from realistic that it is laughable. 35-plus in LegCo with the rules as they are, of course, this, was, this is never going to happen. This would not happen. And rather than mobilize people to compete in an election, which the DAB and the Communist Party did not want to do, um, they chose this way. Let's remember this is not new. Look at Singapore. In Singapore, the PAP was only able to win elections, decisively win elections, after the, after the British colonial authorities had banned, arrested, imprisoned Communist Party members and, and expelled them. So this, you know, our, our opposition are definitely not Communist Party members, but this is a, this is what's going on now. Okay, can I read you a couple of comments? Uh, you know, drawing parallels with what's happening in the United States. Uh, Herman says, while the Western Democratic types and the new Biden administration railed in outrage at the arrests of the 53 in Hong Kong, in the Western world's Democratic leader, Washington, D.C., is on lockdown in what some call is an attempted coup, and in Pennsylvania, Republicans refuse to swear in an, an elected Democrat colleague. I bet that soon we will see the U.S. arresting plenty of people for subversion, rioting, or similar offences, while at the same time, the U.S. and the West will continue to scream at Hong Kong for doing the same. And by the way, let's not the forget the fate of uh, June Julian Assange. Uh, and uh, Mr. Pink says, remember back in 2019 when large <coughs> crowds of Hong Kongers flocked to the US consulate on Garden Road waving their American flags, loudly expressing their admiration for Trump and the United States. Wonder what they're thinking now as they watch the chaotic scenes in Washington. When the mobs in Hong Kong attached the LegCo building, police were criticised for using pepper spray. In America, mobs broke into the Senate building and were shot dead by police, which media regarded as a justifiable reaction. Trump's Make America Greatest Again slogan looks laughable. America's rivals must be rubbing their hands with glee as they witness the country's reputation sink to new death. That comes from Mr. Pink. John Burns, uh, what about those parallels between what's happened uh, in, in the US? What do we learn from that? <laughs> I completely that? agree. I mean, it is absurd for people in Hong Kong not to recognize that Hong Kong is a part of China and to go to places like the United States. What we see in the United States is utter hypocrisy by the politicians. It's a, it's a failed state basket case with nuclear weapons. It's a very dangerous place, I guess I'd have to say. So 
you know, what's going to happen there, I really have no idea. I'm talking about here. I do not think people here should bring foreign powers into what's going on in Hong Kong. This is fundamentally wrong, colluding with foreign powers and all that. I, I completely agree with that. Recognize that Hong Kong is part of China. This is part of the Communist Party gaining control of Hong Kong. This is this process is going to continue. You mentioned earlier, uh, if we ever have an election here again, I mean, can you see a scenario where it just doesn't happen? Um, no. I mean, it will happen when the Communist Party is confident of the results. I mean, the Communist Party is notorious for the only kinds of elections they like are those where they know the outcome in advance. So when the Hong Kong people have gotten to that stage, and that would happen when the 55 or 60 percent of the population who support the opposition decide that they just won't vote, they won't participate, because there are no choices. So this would produce illegitimate elections. This would produce elections where the numbers are, you know, where the participation rate is at historic lows, but that I believe there will be some kind of elections in the future. Okay, one comment from uh, Mike in an email who says on <coughs> Hong Kong politics, I find it interesting we can still talk in Hong Kong, unlike USA, where mainstream media, social media completely control dialogue. If truth was not withheld from the people, someone with fifth grade education could see something suspicious happened in the US election. Now Twitter has blocked the president. There will be no peace until the complete investigation. Uh, that comes uh, from Mike. Well, we can say goodbye for the moment. Thank you very much indeed to uh, John Burns, Emeritus Professor, Honorary Professor in the Department of Politics and uh, Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Carol Peter Sim will stay with us. Michael Davis is also going to be joining us and we will be talking about American politics uh, with the dramatic developments there at around 9.15 this morning. We want to hear from you as well. Email back to rthk.hk or pick up the phone. The weather, rather cool this morning, dry with uh, bright periods during the day. Temperatures up to about 18 degrees. Uh, Temperatures falling to around 8 in the urban areas tomorrow. 15 degrees now. The relative humidity is at 66%. Because he repeated unsubstantiated claims of electoral fraud. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back, back chat this Thursday morning with Jim Gould and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking, uh, continuing our conversation now about the mass arrests of uh, uh, opposition figures. Uh, yesterday, we're going to be talking about American politics uh, with dramatic developments there in about uh, 10 minutes. Uh, please join in by emailing bankchat at rthk.hk. We'll do our best to read uh, out your, your messages. Uh, sorry, we have some that are, are kind of on different subjects and we've kind of got a lot on our plate today to talk about. Out. So I'm um, afraid we, we won't really be able to, to get to those. Uh, of course, you can always comment on our Facebook page and share your thoughts there uh, as well. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, let's give a taste of what's uh, being discussed there. TC says, uh, although logic no longer prevails in Hong Kong, it should be stated that it's constitutionally permitted for the majority of, Hong- of LegCo's membership to oppose the government. Otherwise, the basic law wouldn't allow that. Also, does constitutionality force the CE to resign by striking down the budget or legislation 
legislation deemed important by the government equal to overthrowing the government. Furthermore, a primary election has no legal binding. It's only an unofficial agreement in fielding candidates. And if organising the primary election is illegal, did the 600,000 people who voted break the NSL as well? Going forward, perhaps the government or the Office for Safeguarding National Security should provide a list of government policies that Hong Kongers, including office holders like Legacomobus, can oppose without undermining national security. That comes uh, from uh, TC. And uh, Rick says, I was walking home via 7-Eleven on Elgin Street at around 7. I stopped to chat to an old friend. Suddenly the police showed up shouting and measuring our distance. There were in total four of us. They were hostile and aggressive, not something I've witnessed before outside of the protest period. I stood and asked what the problem was and what did you want me to do? He shouted, he, the sergeant, shouted at me, what country are you from? I was shocked and appalled. I left the scene with my son, only to be followed by a senior policeman who said that was very wrong and you should report him. I thought of taking a picture, but I'm not sure I would have been arrested. Yesterday I boarded a single New Territory single-decker bus. It was round with not an inch of space, not even pretense of social distancing. It's clear to me leadership and the application of rules and common sense are null and void. I've put my property on the market. Hong Kong is finished. That comes from Rick. Uh, we were talking in the first part of the programme to Professor Carol Peterson from the University of Hawaii. We're also joined now by Michael Davis, Global Fellow in the Woodrow Wilson International Centre for Scholars in Washington, former Professor of Law at the University of uh, Hong Kong. Michael Davis, good day to you and, and, and thanks for joining us. First of all, your thoughts on, on, those, uh, on the mass arrests yesterday in Hong Kong? Well, you know, from what I can tell, what and I'm sure Carol's already said this, what they're accusing them of seems to be perfectly uh, provided for in the basic law. Uh, in, when it comes to uh, a primary election, sorting out their candidates, well, that's part of free speech, freedom of association, that they can work together. Uh, it wasn't any government involvement. They were doing it themselves. They were soliciting public opinion. Uh, and so it's hard to find anything at all wrong with that. Uh, and then when it comes to well, the accusation, of presumably that they have a plan to, uh, you know, when they if they acquire a majority to push back uh, against the government, in effect, I guess forcing uh, the let the chief executive to resign. I think that's the accusation. Well, even there, the basic law provides that if the chief executive has a budget and she puts it forward uh, uh, twice uh, and it's not passed, uh, that's one of the reasons for her resignation. I think it's Article 52. So uh, it seems to me a lot of this is uh, fairly innocuous to say it's a uh, subversion or an attempt at a coup. Uh, seems a bit rich. Uh, if that's the case, then that these Republicans. I think the, the, the claim is that uh, if you. If, the, yeah, the claim is that if you blatantly set out with that uh, goal in mind, uh, not to object to the budget because there's anything objectionable in the budget, but you're to use the budget as a tool to change the uh, uh, change the chief executive to, in effect, bring down the government. Uh, then that is subversion. That is uh, uh, that is that is that shouldn't be. Well, that's the accusation that, that that is it, but it's not. It's using whatever power you have. Always recall, recall, given all the the heat in Washington today, that Mitch McConnell said basically his whole goal was to obstruct everything that Obama did. Uh, and so, in a democracy, if one party is is in the government, it, it wouldn't be a parliamentary system. 
everybody in a presidential system. And in fact, they, they claim that Hong Kong has executive-led government. If one party is the government and the other party controls the parliament, uh, then one of their options is to obstruct. If they think that government is ignoring uh, basically everything uh, the people have demanded, and in this case they wanted these five demands to be met, and if they think the government is indifferent to the people, uh, and this is an open society with basic freedoms and a promise of universal suffrage, uh, then uh, using the basic law as it's constructed should be permitted. Uh, and so then, given all of that, and I mean the, the extreme extremity of what they're doing, 53 people arrested, in effect wiping out uh, the opposition, everybody who was in the opposition that was participating in this uh, uh, primary. So, so by doing that, uh, one has to be suspicious. And given other things that have happened recently and other arrests, uh, and disqualifications and everything, but basically the, the goal of the government is to silence opposition. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. What what if that, what, what, what if that what if that is the goal? What if that is the goal? And yes, um, uh, Beijing will assume direct control of Hong Kong, uh, and that's it. And that's the end of the story. Then what? There's nothing you can do about it. Right. I guess then that then that leaves people to to their choices. I mean, this is the political context. Beijing as you say, is very capable of suppressing human rights. We see that in Xinjiang. It's, it's, they're not uh, faint-hearted when it comes to doing that. Uh, and so the world is expected to rely on Hong Kong, and Hong Kong people are going to face this question, I guess. Uh, if they support the Democrats, then I guess the, in the past they're suggesting they want to push back against Beijing. Um, perhaps they'll change their mind. They may just accept Beijing's authoritarian approach to governance, so they may immigrate and take the offers being made abroad. And then foreign governments will also have, have to weigh in and decide how they want to view this. Sure, I mean, uh, we've we already responded Okay, yeah, we've, we've got an email from uh, uh, Tai. Uh, who says, uh, people not happy to experience the change of political atmosphere can go away, except if they're too old or it's impractical to go. That's it. There's going to be a new Hong Kong. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else. I mean, these are calculations that people have to make. We hope it doesn't come to that. But people, politically, I mean, the other day, Chinese University had a survey, apparently, where they concluded that Hong Kong's like a powder cake. So one possible response, instead of the ending protest, that there'd be more dramatic protest. And I mean, at some point, the government's going to have to decide how many people it wants to lock up, if, if that's the term that it takes. Uh, but the question for us at the moment is whether the people are justified in, in uh, objecting to what's happening under the national security law. Uh, and clearly, the opposition camp is, is uh, incensed. And, and very distrustful of, of the intentions of the government. And I think another element here is it's not just Beijing. It's that the Hong Kong government itself and the pro-establishment camp has shown itself very complicit, very willing to go along. And to me, it's been rather stunning uh, for people who grew up in an open society uh, and who have educations that make them aware of uh, other conditions like this that have occurred in other societies around the world that they somehow uh, have a blind spot and don't uh, recognize what's happening in Hong Kong, that the, the kind of threat that we've just teased up is occurring, uh, and that uh, this is 
forcing people to to make choices. Uh, right now, I think there's a climate of fear in Hong Kong, and certainly after 53 arrests, that climate of fear will increase. The government actually said it's only going to affect a few people, but when you go after the Apple Daily and, and you know, searches premises and three different other newspapers now, uh, then you create a climate of fear in the media. And when you uh, threaten schools uh, and tell teachers, uh, suggest that teachers have to comply with this or that uh, in certain ways or be dismissed, you create problems for academic freedom. The suggestion that this has limited application only to a few uh, bad apples is, is, is ludicrous. I mean, it has had a, a whole society impact in Hong Kong. And I think this is what people are, are having to deal with. Uh, one would hope uh, persuasion would convince the government uh, to to reconsider this approach, but it, so far it has not. But the allegation uh, here is not just about opposing the budget, uh, is it? It's about um, if the opposition camp were to gain a majority of 35, more than 35 seats, uh, they would then vote down every funding request and uh, essentially uh, bring the administration to a standstill, which is against the basic law, uh, sorry, against the national security law, uh, which, which we now have and which we now have to live with. National security law says to, to, to basically, I forget the exact language, but it seems to be a suggestion of trying to claim independence or overthrow Beijing's rule in Hong Kong and other local government's uh, rule. But following the basic law should not be viewed, uh, you know, using the, the procedures of an election, a democratic choice of the people to then challenge the government. Because what we've seen is a government now for years where uh, the pro-establishment camp, most of it which does not enjoy the popular support of the people, uh, is always acting indignant when, when Democrats who are in opposition and are in a very weak position are using extreme measures uh, in the legislative council and this as if they're the bad guys. But, I mean, you know, these are, are the tools of the weak in facing power. And if the people in power are not elected, or do not enjoy the popular support, as the election that even in the district council recently showed, uh, then the cause for, for, for pushing back against that outrage is real. Okay. Uh, and, and I think that's, that has to be viewed through that lens. It can't just be viewed, oh, these are a bunch of troublemakers. Well, why are people making trouble? All right, Professor, Professor, Professor Carol Peterson, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. And I think you're going about some of the language, which Article 22 requires that the prosecution show that the acts were taken by force or threat of force or other unlawful means. And I don't see the unlawful means. Voting down the budget is something that's perfectly allowed. Okay. Uh, Professor Peterson, perhaps you could uh, say goodbye for the moment to perhaps to, to Michael Davis. Thanks very much indeed for, for joining us, uh, uh, Michael Davis. Um, here's an email from uh, uh, Andrew Kay who says, Americans are great at giving advice and comments. Why don't they look at the state of their own country? What's wrong with being part of China better than being part of America? That comes from Andrew Kay. Uh, Carol Peterson? Well, I'm not going to defend Donald Trump, if that's what you're looking for. Democracy can be messy, and the United States has many, many faults. But it's a false comparison, and I would like to respond to what one of your earlier commentators said as well. Someone emailed in and said, oh, you've got, you're going to be arresting these people who stormed the Capitol 
that's no different from what we're doing. Well, actually, it is very different. I have no problem with arresting and prosecuting people who violently disrupt elected legislators from taking care of business, whether it's in Hong Kong or Washington. But that's not what the people were doing who've been arrested in Hong Kong yesterday. Those people were peacefully organizing a primary. There's simply no comparison between that. Um, democracy is not perfect, but it is much, much better than authoritarian rule where people cannot even use peaceful political means to try to improve society. And I agree with the comment about Hong Kong being a powder keg. We already know that Carrie Lam's going to go down in history as the person who lit the powder keg in 2019 with the extradition bill. I fear that these widespread arrests and searches of lawyers' offices and journalists' offices, that could be another powder keg. And the local government and the central government should really stop and think about what they might be unleashing in Hong Kong. It's a really sad day if Hong Kong has to be ruled simply by brutal force. The government has a much better chance of governing Hong Kong peacefully if they actually allow people to engage in normal political activities rather than trying to stamp them out. Okay, comment from uh, Alan in an email who says, This administration is a disgrace, which is why it needs all the help it can get. I've long lamented the lack of a constructive approach by the Democrats and their failure to condemn the violence and vandalism of 2019. However, an opposition is needed, and the approach to remo the remove all dissent and criticism by using the NSL makes nonsense of the government's API and shows the inability to relate to the people of Hong Kong. There is no doubt we are part of China and independence is out of the question. But where is the effort of this administration to get a modicum of democracy. It is the frustration of Hong Kong people that's reflected in the Democrats' actions, certainly not any attempt at subversion. Wake up, government, and serve your people properly. Lastly, where will their trial be? The mainland under the NSL? If that happens, the CE will have really sold out Hong Kong. Here they have a chance of the charges being shown, the nonsense they are. That comes uh, from Alan. Thank you very much indeed to that, and thank you too. Uh, Michael Davis, uh, Woodrow, uh, Global Fellow in the Woodrow Wilson International Centre for Scholars, and uh, Carol Peterson, their professor of law at the University of Hawaii at uh, Manoa. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. We wanted to turn to uh, American politics uh, finally uh, today as uh, lawmakers have uh, reconvened uh, to uh, count the Electoral College votes after pro-Trump rioters stormed uh, the Capitol. We're joined now by uh, Nicholas Gordon, who's chair of Democrats Abroad uh, in Hong Kong, and Dan Van Hoy, 20-year resident of Hong Kong, a teacher, businessman and member of Republicans Overseas. Uh, Nicholas Gordon, maybe we'll start with you. Good morning. Thanks for, for, for joining us. Uh, um, what happens now? What do you think should happen to uh, Donald Trump, for example, at this point? Well, what happened, what happened overnight in Hong Kong was uh, radical pro-Trump extremists stormed the Capitol, delayed the counting of the vote, um, and this was an insurrection encouraged by President Trump's and members of the Republican Party. Um, former President Barack Obama released a statement just now saying that Republican leaders have a choice and they can choose and they can choose reality and take the first step towards protection of the flames. They can choose America. And that is what Republicans need to do is they need to state plainly that this was wrong and start to take actions to choose America and to sustain democracy. Um, you know, and it's clear that institutions, norms, and faith in democracy requires 
people to support them, and it's weakened when those in power, for whatever reason, work to undermine uh, those institutions and those norms and that faith in democracy. Um, America's faced crises before. It's, um, it's a government and a system that takes work to sustain and protect, and Americans, uh, once President Trump leaves office, will have to do the work to fix that and to sustain and protect that. Dan Van Hoy, would you like to respond? Um, well, I'm kind of still in a state of shock, to be honest. Um, still kind of processing everything that I saw once I woke up about five in the morning and turned on the news, and there it was. Um, I'm saddened. I'm maddened by the things that happened. There's no excuse for it. Uh, it should not have happened. It shouldn't have happened in Portland, Oregon this summer. It shouldn't have happened in Seattle this summer. Uh, it shouldn't have happened in Hong Kong. Along, I, along with the other 7.5 million people here, had to endure the kind of violence similar to what we saw in D.C. and similar to what we saw in Portland, Seattle, and other places recently. And I absolutely, unequivocally condemn it. Uh, my, my friend Nicholas, I'm sorry, I don't agree with you. We don't know who actually stormed the Capitol. We know that there were tens of thousands of peaceful supporters in the Washington, D.C. area on the Mall it was exercising their First Amendment rights to do so, and a small group broke away, thousands, several hundred, however many, we don't know for sure, stormed the Capitol in the way that they did. But we don't know who they are. So uh, already declaring that it was right-wing Trump supporters is simply false. We don't know that. Uh, Dan Van Hoy, isn't it time for uh, President Trump to say, I lost the election, that's the end of it? Um. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's time for him to say, you know, I did the best I could, uh, I fought the good fight, and uh, adios, right off into the sunset. Okay, and if he doesn't? Oh, Hugh, he will. He will. Okay. Uh, President Trump is a lot of things. I think he, he loves the country. That's why he's fighting so hard. Uh, it's unfortunately sometimes... His love of the country is obscured by his personality and the way he does things. Uh, but I think in the end, he's a person of integrity, and uh, he's eventually going to come to, and those around him are going to bring him to the place where he says very soon, okay, folks, this is it, did the best I could. And he may not be there at the inauguration. I wouldn't surprise if Trump wasn't there. That wouldn't surprise me at all. We'll see. Okay, we've got a call to Mike. Hello? Um, uh, Hillary Clinton told Biden as soon as he was um, the uh, the uh, um, candidate, he told, you remember, does anybody remember that? She told him, never concede. Never concede. Yeah, yeah I stated that on this, on this program, Mike. Hillary told Biden, don't give up. If the situation was reversed... I assume Joe Biden and the Dems would be fighting just as hard as Trump has been fighting. Let's get here's real. The That's the way here's the frustration. I'll get off in just a second. But here's the frustration with America, and that is the courts have not done their job. There are allegations, and very good allegations. It isn't the fraud, you know, the, um, as the media says, even in Hong Kong, that there are no, uh, these are, these, these, these uh, accusations of fraudulent activity are... Mike, you know, Mike, 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 come on. Yeah. Okay, an honest word with you. All right, okay. We have heard from every court 
in in, in America. At every listen, listen. We've heard at every court, at every level. We've heard from Mike Pence. We've heard from the. We've heard from Mitch McConnell. We've heard from the. We've heard from the Attorney General. We've heard from everyone. But somehow Trump seems to have this power. This this uh, this hold on you and and a lot of people in the United States, which a lot of people, a lot of outsiders, would just say, "What on earth is going on? Why is this guy in this position of power?" There were no the courts did not hear any evidence. Even they did. Everyone's heard the evidence. Everyone's looked at it. Pence has Pence has changed his mind. Mitch McConnell has changed his mind. Everyone, but still, there is this cult around Donald Trump, and a lot of people will find that incomprehensible. Oh, Hugh, you don't want to. If you want to let me have a talk, you want to give me just two minutes. The, the The courts have not heard the evidence. The courts have decided not to hear the evidence. Even Nevada, they are withholding exculpatory information so that they don't have to deal with the evidence. If those courts, and this is the only thing that Trump is asking, let us uh, let us. Look what at is the, it about Trump? Why are you so <laughs> obsessed look at the with ballots. this man? If we can look at the ballots, the the forensic scientists can tell if those ballots were counted once or twice. They can tell whether or not they were fraudulent. They can tell whether or not they're they're, they're counterfeit. But. Okay. Okay, Mike. Thanks very much for your call. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Okay. Uh, Nicholas Gordon, do you want to comment? Well, I, there's a process for this, and the Trump campaign made challenges in the courts, and the courts struck pretty much almost every one of them down. The votes have been certified. Uh, Vice President Joe Biden has been declared the winner of the of the November election. So the blackest concession doesn't matter. He's the president. Biden is the president-elect. He will be president on inauguration day. Um, all of this, all of this stoking of of conspiracies. This is all an attempt to undermine a, a free, fair, and legal election and illegal, free, fair, and legal victory by Vice President Biden. Uh, Nicholas, how, would you say that it's fair when four states did not follow the Constitution in terms of the electors? In that, in that the legislatures are the ones who set the rules, not the governor, not the secretary of state, not even a court sets the rules regarding how the electors are handled, according to Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution. Only the legislatures can. But the governors in some of the key battleground states, secretaries of state, and also courts, interfered in that process. And that's one of the reasons that Trump and others were pursuing a resolution which obviously isn't going to happen. Where does this leave uh, the relationship between uh, uh, President Trump and uh, Vice President Mike Pence? Well, that seems to be broken, Jim. Uh, I think I I heard on the news, I tried to find it, that Pence put something up on on the web about... Uh, congratulating Biden and uh, yeah, he has. So, so I mean, everyone's, everyone. As I said, you know, as I was saying, uh, Pence, uh, McConnell, every court in the land, uh, the Attorney General uh, has you, found. You, you're making you're making yeah. a fundamental error. Let me let me correct you. Yeah. Okay. Just because a court doesn't take a case doesn't no 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 those does that, not have merit. There were some they didn't take, and some where they looked at the evidence and and. I, I, you can't I look at the evidence until until you actually ha- actually have a trial, until discovery can be made. So no. that never happened. That okay. never happened. All right. Uh, but the FBI and the Attorney General and the Election Security Chief 
um, there is no one who's looked at this uh, who's got any evidence at all. Okay, well, I'll, this I'll just, brings us to, to the yeah. point that you and I were talking about, I think, at Anna, uh, last time I was on air in studio. The election process in the U.S. has to be revised. I looked up, uh, Cambridge did, a, did a, an election integrity ranking. Guess where the U.S. is in the world, number 25. Mm. Uh, you did say when we last when we last talked that uh, you would that the last word would be on the fourteenth of December. So as far as you're concerned, that's it. That's that was the last word, uh, and and Biden is will now be the president. Well, it appears that's going to be the case. There's there's no other recourse. Um, so I want to congratulate Nicholson, Nicholson the Dems. They now control the entire U.S. government. We become a one-party yeah. uh, country. Okay. All right. Some uh, thoughts from listeners. Uh, Alan says, I'm sure that Mike has a long letter or worse speech about how the U.S. election was stolen. This has been contradicted by numerous highly respected and unimpeachably Republican figures. Bill Barr, the recent Attorney General, Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, Election Security Chief Christopher Kebs, in all uh, 60 courts, judges, many appointed by Trump himself, have ruled that there is simply no credible evidence, even to open a case. It's all a QAnon fever dream, unmoored from reality to serve the ego of Trump the world's most entitled crybaby. Uh, Peter says, by opposing and filibustering any government proposal, this is on the mass uh, arrest of 53 Democrats, by opposing and filibustering any government proposal without presenting a viable alternative, they have turned LegCo into an anti-China drama performance platform, culminating in their backing of the violent anti-government protests and riots, openly petitioning foreign governments to interfere in Hong Kong and China's internal affairs, and even supporting sanctions and the Hong Kong RDA introduced by the US with the sole aim to topple the Hong Kong government and harm China. Their actions are in stark contrast to the oath they took. Instead of working for Hong Kong and the Chinese people and the nation, they represent the interests of a completely different entity. In Western countries, this is called treason and as should be treated as such in Hong Kong uh, as well. Um, Matthew says... Uh, a good try, Pinky, but the police in Washington are protecting a genuine, robust democratic system which represents the will of the people. The Hong Kong police are protecting an authoritarian dictatorship which represents the interests of the CCP and not the people. It's a bit different, mate. Uh, Michael says, Dear Backchat, the US Republic was trashed by the rigged election and BLM stroke Antifa riots supported by the Democrats and fake media. The difference here is that the building was not burnt and looted. However, well done RTHK for reporting on this attack. Unlike your failure to report about the Clinton Foundation scam, Hunter Biden and the CCP, and the honeypot spy story of Trump's biggest Russian hoax promoter. Uh, Johnny Chan says, some of your foreign listeners, by which I mean Hong Kong residents with foreign passports, send daily emails to Backchat in which they constantly criticise the Hong Kong government and the CCP. It's fairly clear that the Hong Kong they had wished they had hoped for is a pipe dream. So why don't they just pack up and return to their motherland, be it the UK, US, Australia or elsewhere? And that comes uh, from uh, Johnny. Jay says, I thought all voting was private and now we are saying that undesirable bodies are looking into the 600,000 people to be arrested. Where are you going to put them? That's about 8% of the workforce in Hong Kong. This is not good for business. It will make job creation for lawyers but it will cut down the police force and wear on resources. That comes uh, from Jay. Thank you very much indeed for that. And thank you uh, to uh, everyone uh, who contributed and to our guests in that final section of the uh, programme, Nicholas uh, Gordon, Chair of Democrats Abroad in Hong Kong, and uh, Dan Van Hoy, who's a member of Republicans Overseas, 20-year resident of Hong Kong, teacher, businessman. Uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Jim, thank you very much indeed.
indeed. That's yeah, it uh, for the programme today. A lively one. The weather, rather cool this morning, dry with bright periods during the day. Temperatures up to about 18 degrees, becoming cool appreciably later, with temperatures falling to a minimum of 11 degrees at night. 16 degrees, the latest relative humidity is at 66%. I like some sweeteners. You prefer a little spiciness. He wants to strike a balance. Someone thinks allocating resources as needed is most important. To cook to your taste, the most important thing is to know what's on your mind. The 2021-22 budget public consultation has started. Go to budget.gov.hk and share your views. 932, the news now with Samantha Butler. The Civil Rights Observer says the government has weaponized the national security law to persecute opposition figures. Founder Icarus Wong expressed sadness at yesterday's arrest of 53 people for subversion. Police said the suspects were involved in a primary vote for LegCo elections and planned to overthrow the government. The 600,000-plus people who voted in the poll won't be investigated, but Mr Wong said he was worried that such voting would be criminalized in future. The U.S. Congress has reconvened to certify the election victory of President-elect Joe Biden after Donald Trump supporters stormed the Capitol building, angered by his unproven claims of electoral fraud. During the clashes, a woman was shot and later died. A curfew is in effect. And more than 130,000 people are in hospital in the U.S. receiving treatment for COVID-19, more than at any time since the pandemic began. The rate of new infections remains high, especially in the south and the west of the United States. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Well, he talks to journals as the stories unfold. Musos and actors. Good morning. No matter young or their old. There's tons of stuff going on. Moves them through the studio. Oh, yes, yes. Before their coffee gets cold. Don't be stupid, drink it. Because Phil Whelan likes to chat. Imagine helping people with just downloading an app and clicking something. I don't think the Communist Party wanted to do this. We have a nightclub on the roof. What if our country is run a different way? We welcome you to the Morning Brew. With a chef, he might be just kind of chewing the fat. He's really good at that. Because Phil Whelan likes to chat. Good morning to you. Welcome to Thursday. This is The Morning Brew and I'm Phil Whelan. Nice and easy Thursday because today at 10.10, our first house call from our mate Steve Vines. He'll definitely be wearing shades today, the future being so bright and all. 